Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is McEnroe, a.k.a. Rod Bailey. This is the Peanuts and Corn Podcast, uh, 2020 podcast. This is episode 27. This is part two of my conversation with Odario from Mood Rough and Grand Analog. And um, uh, when we pick it up here, we were talking about uh, him starting to organize, getting everybody in the Mood Rough video and starting to work on getting... Um, Pig City Holler going so thank you for listening this is the second last episode and our next episode will be the finale for 2020 so thanks so much for everybody for listening and here we go this is Odario I I, I realized hey if you want <laughs> if you want something done you gotta you gotta do it uh, you know I was a little pissed off at uh, I was a little pissed off at the industry um hey with right reason you know uh, you know the, the 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 manitoba music folks they, they just they they weren't catching on to what we were doing just yet you know i needed help i know i needed hey hmv money wasn't going to pay for all these things that i needed to do and i could see a lot of these rock bands at the time were getting a thing called a grant. I remember thinking, well, like, what's a grant? Yeah. What does that even mean? What is that? And uh, I can't remember what bands were were putting me onto this whole grant thing. But uh, I remember it was a couple rock bands in the city. It's like, bro, you got you gotta you're fill this out. You gotta do this, send this in. Always denied. Always denied. And finally, the late great Kevin Walters finally. Uh, gave me some money to I, I believe I got money for Pixie Hall first. Okay. I, I, if I remember correctly, I know Nightlife Type certainly didn't get any money, uh, any help, any support, and yeah. I don't think Politic Different did either. But, um, or it did. I, I can't remember, but I do remember that the Peg City Hall idea was really, um, attractive to the city because of course it brings community together and that was exactly what i was trying to explain to these people is you know we we can have something vibrant going here if you guys just pay attention to what's going on it's it just doesn't have to be a jazz festival in october and um festival de voyager in february whatever it is yeah why can't we have a hip-hop festival it took a lot a lot of work and a lot of convincing to get uh members of the city and the industry to back me up on that but they eventually did i think it was after the 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 first one which was just massive and that was done through hand-to-hand flyers yeah sold out la rendezvous sold out uh what was that place called whispers wellington's Wellingtons, Wellingtons. I remember the Wellingtons night, magical night. We had the two magical rooms going. Night. It was magical. It was like, you know, I'll never forget. I think just how much fun that was. I, I played. Everyone played, and it was just like everyone was there. Everybody who was anybody, everybody. That was through flyers. I remember I didn't have time to be an artist. Yeah. I was the organizer. I was the promoter, and that's fine. But I remember almost feeling jealous. This is my time to feel jealous. I'm feeling jealous that you guys just got to play. Yeah. I remember going in the 
lyricist lounge room and Ismail is rhyming his ass off and people are just enjoying it and having a good time. And then I go and check the DJ room. My brother's cutting something up and spinning. And he, I think like uh, a couple of the, the turntablists were beside him. They're just about getting ready to go on. I just remember thinking, this place is buzzing. It's beautiful down here. Yeah. And I had to just check on so many things. I go back and check the, the room. I think you're on the mic this time. or who? It was such a beautiful night that uh, I didn't even have time to be part of it. <laughs> <laughs> I know. So, I mean, I remember I remember the Wellingtons distinctly as one of those, like, you know, there's maybe been four or five times where it's like everybody's in the room, everyone's in a good mood. There's fans, so it's not like a, just a wank of people playing to their... You know, like it yeah. was just one of those magical nights. But what was the rendezvous? And, and was that when you brought Zion I? Is that was that the first Pig City Holler? This is where I wish I had uh, Spitz or Len Bowen or Ofield with me because it's also gray yeah, area. Yeah, sure, I'm sure. I cannot remember the order. I know we brought J. Rue the Damager in once. Um, that one was really interesting because somehow i got a hold of his manager's quote unquote manager's phone number yeah it, it's his wife okay and she's sitting beside him on the couch <laughs> that's awesome so i'm all like <clears throat> hi uh, hi there uh, yeah my name uh, uh hi uh, uh I'm, I'm just look uh, i'm just hoping if i could just uh, talk to you about bringing jayra to damage to winnipeg manitoba she's like hold on <laughs> and she gives him the phone. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm like, hello. He's like, yo, word. Who's this? I just, uh, this J root. So yeah, man, it was, it was actually a lot easier than I thought to get some of these acts there. But yeah, Zion I come through. I think the first year was very Canadian, if I remember correctly, like Class Five, Mocha only. Uh, uh, it was a crew from Montreal. I can't remember which. Oh, dude, I can't remember. Yeah. I can't remember. So you did it for for several years. Yes. Even after you'd moved to Toronto, you were still doing Pig City Hollers. Do I have that right? I did a couple years out of Toronto. I remember the very last and final year I was at a club. Um, I remember I I was passing mics around with uh chaos and um this kid who i remember saying he's like some african kid that rhymes like eminem and i don't know if i like him i'm like i remember leaning over i'm like bro what's your name it's like canon like what canon i'm like all right, all right cool yeah all right whatever i remember passing the mic around with these two guys in this little club called alto basso in the basement uh, of uh, college in Crawford in Toronto and I'm just about getting ready to start um, planning Peg City Hall which I think is going to be the last one because I, I think I'm absolutely exhausted and done with this Yeah. and the, the, the basement club that I'm in gets uh, maced like pepper sprayed by just a bunch of just a couple of assholes that thought it would be funny to pepper spray the basement club so everyone goes running upstairs to catch their breath because we're choking on pepper spray. And as I'm catching my breath, and I can't believe that just happened and rubbing, trying not to rub my eyes, 
right beside me is Ali Shaheed Muhammad doing the exact same thing. Oh. And I'm like, yo, you're Ali Shaheed Muhammad. He, he's trying not to rub his eyes and he's coughing. He's like, yeah, yo, does this happen a lot in Toronto? And I'm like, yo, fuck that. You want to come to Winnipeg? (laughs) (laughs) That's right. He's like, uh, sure. Just talk to my manager, bro. I'm like, okay, who's your manager? He goes, Uncle Mike. I'm like, that's your manager calls himself Uncle Mike. He goes, no, it's my Uncle Mike. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, what is it with you people in these? I'm like, all right, cool. Give me Uncle Mike's number and I'll call him and I'll get, you know, we'll organize this thing. And I brought Ali Shaheed Muhammad in for the very last one. And it was Uncle Mike and I that organized the whole thing. That's right. I wasn't there, I don't think. Um, Yeah. Oh, maybe I was actually. Is that the one where we did the re, we did like a throwback night and then the next night was Ali Shaheed? I think, I think I was there. Anyway, they all they all they all mush together as all as you as together. you say. I want to get back to your recordings as right. Mood Rough. Play a couple more before we get into the next phase. Um, so I want to play the song "People's We Ain't." I don't really have any reason why I just liked it. <laughs> so let's listen to it, and then uh, right. you know we could just talk about where Mood Rough's going. All right, can't afford to slip. We eat your average nutcracker, booty rapper. We ain't no thug, no scrub, no backpacker. We eat your motor mouth, walking like you got skills. Phony crook, you make money, dollar bills. We concerned with your foes, your weaponry. Here's what you need in your life, son, history. I say it now, like I said it before. Don't ever, ever, ever come around here no more. I take a half step back. Quietly observe, I let these cats run their mouth, talk some shit that's absurd. Well, other kids try and sell me on what's the good word. What they say, what I see, the contradiction in terms. I'm known for straight spitting, where the freestyle are written. Fluid deliveries over, beast ass hitting. Commit myself the rhyme with no inhibition. My mic check is hype, but then you said, man, listen. You and the crowd, dogs, you're just not clicking. Pounds of respect to run. Not getting free advice, first lesson. Need to stop sweating. Projecting confidence is your most powerful weapon. Learn from life lesson. I'm known for my blessing, only move one direction as far progression. Smooth, I got the right away with this hype display. A smooth might master right. But rock and show some in skill to capacitate. Heard your rhyme about only selectively. Collectively, there's only few that's impressing me. They in the studio rhyme right here next to me. So don't get mad when the DJ's selecting me. And that's loose the minds cause they connect with me. Respectfully, you only option when you mention me. Move up, grass with the single rapper, right? We ain't no thug, no scrub, no backpacker We eat your older mouth, talking like you got skills Phony crook, you make money, dollar bills We concerned with your foes, your weaponry Here's what you need in your life, son, history I say it now, like I said it before Don't ever, ever, ever come around here no more Let's destroy what we become Let's destroy what we become It's a massive attack to your cerebral All voices intact, more power to the people Seven days and nights of hip-hop unlocked to invite new thoughts of enlightenment new songs 
songs that grew long and new forms MCs that do wrong are lukewarm They feel hip hop 101, you see They ask me what style I'm on, is he? East, West, don't a futuristic I say nah nah, just a new linguistic We, ten years now, you must have missed it It's move rough, not rap statistic Let's destroy what we be Come, let's destroy what we become These cats are getting high on their own supply Not using time, but abusing time Take a time out from illusion time Why Adario keep jumping cars Touching stars, God, I still remain starless From any self-help masquerade I'm so hip-hop, I don't need a resume we ain't your average nutcracker, you rapper. We ain't no thug, no scrub, no backpacker. We ain't your older mouth talking like you got skills. Phony crook, you make money, dollar bills. We ain't concerned with your foes, your weaponry. Here's what you need in your life, son. History. I say it now, like I said it before. Don't ever, ever, ever come around here no more. Can't afford to slip. From Antarctica, Cold Cold World, which is an EP you guys did. I think it's your second to last record. But um, it sounds like maybe you got a chip on your shoulder. What's going on there? Yeah, you know, you know who produced that? Uh, uh, I don't remember. Grass Roots. Okay, yeah. Uh, that's a the Grassroots production. I was so uh, happy to um, at least have one of theirs in the repertoire. Yeah. Um, yeah, that can't afford to slip. I I put that in there. That's I was just discovering Jay Dilla at the time, and uh, on one of his records, an MC had said that. I just loved it. Oh man! And then of course the the Hummers guitarist. I got him on there. I can't remember what his name is right now. Um, I believe it's. Uh, I can't remember what his name is right now. Anyways, but you know, it's so okay. It's interesting you chose that tune because of the mentality that Spitz and I were in at that time, as well as Shades, they, they were right with me with this 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 uh, situation that we were in, not just in Winnipeg, but just as a, uh, on the whole Canadian spectrum of things. Uh, in those days, hip hop, they just wanted to divide everything. You had to, you had to, you had to define what you are, who you are, even though you didn't like any of the boxes you're supposed to check. 
And it was really thick in Winnipeg and it really, really annoyed me because Moonruff and Shades, I'll include them at the time, were in the mix of both entities. You're supposed to choose, are you commercial or underground? Yeah. Do you like East or West? You know, uh, and and in retrospect, we were confused. We would hang, we, we listen to underground music. We, we put on underground shows and then we would go to the nightclub and we would party to commercial tracks. Yeah. And, and Winnipeg was very confused at the time because they felt that if you were on much music a lot and and if you got a spin on Hot 103, oh my, oh my, you know, like even I couldn't believe, I, I wasn't really sure why I got a spin on Hot 103. I had a radio show on CKUW and I played underground music. Yeah. I was one of the most confused rappers. <laughs> In, I was, you know what I mean, and to me that was just being me. You know, I will run that Mob Deep track. I will run a, I'll run a hip hop track on my radio show that you've never heard. But then, the next day, you'll hear my song on a commercial radio, or you'll see me on much music, or you'll see me at the club. But then I'll go put on a show at the West End Cultural Center and it will be like an underground show. So it was confusing to a lot of Winnipeggers, including the rappers, especially the rappers. And yeah. It's funny that you play that song because that song, I wrote that song after um, two individuals by the name of John Smith and Gumshoe Strutt. They were young at the time. I'll, I'll give them that. Had approached me and they were the ones who were like, yo, so uh, what are you? <laughs> and I'm like, what What do you mean? Are you this or are you that? You know, what do you represent? I was just like, bro, I'm living my life is what it is. I, I'm, if I can walk in that room and then walk in that room and feel comfortable in both, let it be. But those two young guys couldn't let it be at the time. And they were sticking me and bugging me. And I don't know if Pips Kids sent them. I don't know what it was. <laughs> Pips Kids sent them. <laughs> I ended up, I wrote that song. I wrote that song saying, yo, let's destroy what we be. Come, let's destroy what we become. Because I'm not being part of this shit. Yeah. I know I, I, I am who I am, man, like it or not. And, uh, you know, I like the stance we took on that. You know, it's funny. Your podcast should definitely reflect the line, uh, I'm so hip hop. Yeah, how's it go again? Because I even so hip hop, I freestyle my resume. <laughs> I I even had a shot at that line. Yeah. That line keeps popping up. I know. Well, the, the funny <laughs> thing, so so that line just keeps so like Spitz says that line in a song. I think No Hooks or something, and he says that he heard me say it that I wrote <laughs> the line, and then and then. For some reason, Yai, who Danny, who's like an up and coming rapper and who was really influenced by Moo Rough, Farm Fresh, and was just kind of getting on with us, uses that. But he's not mocking it. He's just saying it like he's just, he writes this hook and he writes this song. And then Pip, Pip's all pissed off at you guys for like making John Smith pay to get into Peg City Holler or some shit. And just a oh, long yeah, list of like, he's just, he's just got a, like, he's just, 
He's in the mindset at this time, it's like 2001, where all of a sudden we have this different audience that we didn't know existed, right? So yeah. when we came up in the 90s, it was like, what you did was you played shows, you got a following, you put a video on Much Music, you became Canada famous. That was, and that was the blueprint that you did, that Freak Show did, all that kind of stuff, right? And we didn't do that because we kind of missed the boat. But then we found like, we made these weird records for Men of Reptile, all this kind of stuff, and found this yeah. whole other audience this underground yeah. audience we're selling all these cds and now we think we're big shots in a different way yeah. and it's like and then he's taking shots at you be over peg city holler or some bullshit and so then that song happens and poor i always just think of danny because danny was not about the beef at all he yeah, respected yeah. you guys he's like he does he's a respectful person in period it's just not his nature and so he got yeah. dragged into this thing and the whole thing was just so funny and then so, and there's your response but it was just a funny time it was like you guys were still you had canadian distribution i think now with urbnet you're still doing like every record you do you do at least one or two videos you're just trying to make this thing work and trying to get bigger yeah. every time and then we're just doing something completely different. We never, videos are completely off the table. We're about getting reviews on websites, blogs, and selling, yeah. you know, selling that way. And, and it's working, but it's just a different, oh. we're almost like two different genres at this point, even though yeah, we're not and, far and, apart. And I, I love it. I, you know, I, you know, I appreciate it at all. I just, it's just the life I was living in, you know? I have to tell you this side story, which is uh, going to fit perfectly right now. About two weeks ago, I went to go check out this brand new coffee shop at Dundas and Brock. Um, it's just a hipster thing, you know. This hot new coffee shop is opened. Come stand outside and have a coffee. Right. So I decided to go check it out. And I see an old buddy of mine. His name's Giles. Um, Giles grew up in Toronto. He's a Toronto kid, now a Toronto man. We're standing up on the street corner having a coffee. And out of nowhere, I'm not really sure how this came up, to be honest. But he goes, I've been meaning to check out this podcast. I don't know if you ever heard of this, but it's called Peanuts and Corn. And I look at him like, are you, are you, you fucking with me? <laughs> fucking with me, guy? He goes, no, 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 bro. I'm not. No, I'm just saying it's really honestly, that's the name Peanuts and Corn. I'm like, I, I know it is. He goes, oh, do you know it? I'm like, keep talking. He goes, oh, I just been meaning to check this out because I practically grew up to this label and Fermented Reptile is like today still my favorite album of all time. Yeah. So I'm like, I, I love this. I love it. So I'm like, uh, just so you know, I'm gonna. Uh, just so you know, I built this fucking label. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be on that podcast. He goes, oh, cool. I'll listen out for you. I, I like, I didn't even, I didn't even tell him. I just, I, I pulled a Rod Bailey. I just kind of <laughs> enjoyed the moment and didn't say anything. <laughs> so I'm walking back home with, with my, my lady, and she's like, did you? tell him like did you tell him your mood rough i'm like nah i'll let him figure it out or not That's awesome yeah but i really that touched me he said fermented reptile uh is his favorite album wow. period of oh wow time. wow yeah um so i want to get into the i want to get into this mood rough song which was maybe your big hit maybe i mean you could tell me i'm i'm I had always followed, like, whenever you guys dropped a record, and by this time I'm in Vancouver, 
And I'm, I think I'm over the jealousy at this point. I think Antarctica is when I'm over the jealousy. I like the Antarctica record and I just listen to it. And I'm not jealous anymore. I'll tell you that honestly. Before yeah. that, I think I'm still trying to pick it apart or something. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and so anyway, this is your, this is, this is from your last record, but this, this video, you had a video with like more of a name director and really catchy song. Um, yeah. I think it got a ton of airplay. Correct me if I'm wrong. I'd love to just know where you guys are at at this yeah. point with, you know, this feels like a last push that, I don't know, it's like, it seemed like maybe your biggest song and then, but it was also the end. So let's listen to it and then um, maybe you could tell us kind of where, where you went from there. This is called Rocket Ship. Girls in heels, clicking on the cobblestone I love girls, girls, girls for days Type of girl that will nod your head sideways Soldier before Terry, your motors when every verse was explosive before Kim Candy coded. I'm talking South Bronx, history made through music by the people that the people relate to. Feel great to know that across the globe, millions like me, same obstacle, ambition and goal with a traditional soul. Two tables and a mic with a 
toxic flow Work ethic like a neck king or Curtis Blow That feeling for a show when you made that dough Yo, you can't kill that buzz That's why I sit back, think about these things I love I love life, life, this life of mine My friends, my family, my girl, my rhymes I love life, life And I live in my way Type of life to make others turn their heads sideways That's a very poppy song. It is. It is. I, I wanted to make... Uh, I was starting to get into song structure by then. Uh, th- at that time, I wasn't even listening to rap at that time. Yeah. Uh, I was listening to just about everything else. Everything else. Uh, oh, man. Uh, oh, boy. Like LCD sounds. I was listening to Fella Cootie. I was... I, I was I was really starting to think about song structure at that time, and uh, Ofield hit me with that beat. Oh, nice! He produced that. He he, he, he ripped a, a an African record, brought that one to the table, and uh, I was just so proud to find you know include my my, my little brother into the mix. Um, it's just been a long, rocky road, and 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 we were still trying again uh, to you know define ourselves, but at the same time we were consistently changing. And I had, I, I believe I had again I was dating another woman that lived in Toronto, so I was in Toronto <laughs> a lot. Um, and I remember Ophiel came to Toronto and he played me that beat. I said, Joe, this is. Put so they put the proper drums on this. This is just the way he cut it up, and oh man, I I I was the one that came up with the KRS sample, and um, I went to Oliver Johnson who played guitar. He's Alistair's brother, mm-hmm. and Alistair and I started Grand Analog just a couple years after that. So so Grand Analog was already on its way because. I was working with members of Grand Analog on that record. Right. So it was already on its way. Um, yeah, yeah. Again, it, I, I'd say it's Mood Ruffs, uh, definitely. Uh, it, it battles no hooks for our biggest single, no question. And so what does that look like at that time? Is it So it, you're on charts and are you selling records and what's happening? Like what? How do you measure success? Do you remember? Is it just buzz or? Ah, uh, wow, that's a good question. Because that was 2005. Times were changing, man. Oh yeah. Times were. Ch- Did Napster hit yet? Yes. Like 2000. By 2005, it was you know like just in for me, peanuts and corn was like 2001, 2005. I did, you know, I did like 20 records or yeah. whatever, like just hard, hardcore, hardcore, and it was getting harder and harder every year. Yeah. Yeah, and by 2006, I was pretty much like, okay, I'm done. I did a couple yeah. of records in 2006, so 2005 was was tough. Yeah, tough. I remember there was. I remember MySpace was a thing. Um, I remember Spitz 
came to Toronto because I think I was pretty much permanent at that time. Uh, during around the release time, maybe I set up some sort of release party. I believe I did. It was at the supermarket, um, and I remember we went to the HMV, the, the, the big one at Young and Dundas, because they ordered a ton of I do my own stunts. Yeah, and it was sitting on uh, the front window right beside uh, Commons B? Yeah, that sounds about right. Is that what that record's called? Yeah. So I guess I should have done my research before this podcast. No, no, no reason. We don't research on this podcast. Okay, good. (laughs) So I just remember they had a, a, a ton of them and it was right beside Commons and I remember I like I remember standing there I, I couldn't leave the store. I just was so in awe that like, wow, look at these stacks of CDs here. And it's like mine. And I remember people of all ages, colors, background, whatever, would come into the HMV and they would pick up the Common CD because damn, Common has a record out and Kanye West produced a bunch of it. Yeah. And right beside it's this this other hip hop record and they'll, you know, you could see some of them are like, yeah, I remember that from, uh, I remember these guys, or, oh, right, that, that's that video on Much Music. And they'd pick up the CD also, and they'll either take it to the listening station to listen right. to it, you know, or they'll just give it a shot and buy it because, you know, there's a, a, a two for one deal or, you know, going on. And you, I also noticed that was now the end of that era. Yeah, I I could feel that there was so many things wrapping up at that time. CDs were wrapping up. Um, uh, pro- production, the sounds, this the way people listen to music was wrapping up. Videos were getting close to wrapping up. I'm not sure when YouTube came around, but much music was certainly wrapping up real soon uh rocket ship was heavy rotation on much vibe not necessarily much music and i think you know we thought that you know as the era was wrapping up maybe this maybe this mood rough thing should wrap up too yeah just uh you know the right time um i remember driving uh spitz to the airport he was on his way back to Winnipeg for uh, I guess his trip to Toronto had wrapped up and he said you know I'm thinking about DJing yeah (laughs) I already have a name it's gonna be Dow Jones I'm like that's a brilliant name and I'm like I'm thinking about starting a live band and it's gonna be called Grand Analog and he goes that's an awesome name I remember that drive to the airport wow yeah and and uh yeah yeah that that was it like that was our conversation about it it was a drive to the airport and we both looked at each other and said that's an awesome name Uh, it's yeah that's funny i mean i heard what he had to say about it as well i can only speak from you know someone who paid it paid attention as i could from someone who's in vancouver so you know we weren't it wasn't like I'd run into you, I'd run into him, but most of the time I'm just sort of like seeing that you had a record out, seeing that you had a video, yeah. and just seeing the Rocket Ship video, and you watch that video, a well-done video, but it feels like there's a distance there. It just feels like you could feel that, you know, you had your thing and he had his thing at this point, or something. Well, we definitely didn't live in the same city anymore. Um, 
prior to that, we lived in the same house. Yeah. And you know what, Roddy? We had a, a no-lock policy. The, the, I don't know if you've ever been to the apartment that we lived in together. I don't think I was. Okay. Well, it was... Where was it? That was Drop-In Center 2, Part 2. We never locked the door. I'd come home at any random time of day, and there were three, four people in the house, including Sayun playing video games on the couch. Uh, Eli's brother, Nick, may have been using one of our beds for, uh, you know, for extracurricular activities. <laughs> Uh, my brother would be hanging out, working on his pasta skills. You know, the, it was just a family vibe at all times. We never, ever locked the door. In fact, in the summertime, we didn't even close the door. And there were always people in and out. So, yeah, I mean, uh, Antarctica came out at that time. We were, it was definitely a togetherness. Um, and then, yeah, I I'd, uh, spent a lot more time um, in Toronto after that. And no doubt, it is not easy uh, recording an album as a band in two different cities. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. 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 We felt the end for sure. Felt the end. So you mentioned uh, you mentioned a fateful drive where it was like mood rough. I'm going to do my thing. You're going to do your thing. We're going to stay brothers. But you know, so I am really interested in in having having known you a long time and known your style a long time. You know, like I'll say that you were definitely working towards a grand analog thing well before where, you know, one of the things in my petty phase where I was jealous, um, when I would see Mood Rough play, you know, when 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 McEnroe would play, he'd get up there and he would a beat would start and I'd start rapping and I'd rap, 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 rap. That was a McEnroe show, like rap, 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 rap. You would get up there and you would say, okay, hey, how is everybody doing? And you would, uh, and you would, uh, let's play a song to loosen you up and just, you have a, a totally different, you yeah. know what I mean? And I was like Mr. Underground Backpack. And this sort of, so when I started to see you do Grand Analog, I was like, this makes sense. This mm. is what you want to do. Because you want, it, you want to explore genres. You want to, you know, you want to be a tastemaker at the same time as just being, you're not a yeah. rapper. I mean, you're a rapper. You can write raps. You always been a good writer but you want to be something else you want to bring a vibe a style you want to appreciate the past and your influences and let them come through and so to me when i started to hear what grand analog was i was like this this is where he should be mm -hmm. um so you started this band obviously thinking you know i want to do more than what you've been doing in my in the rap structure like talk about that for a minute yeah that's right um you know back to what i was saying uh, about rocket ship and the i do my own stunts album i wasn't even listening to a lot of rap at the time um and when i created grand analog it wasn't it wasn't going to be a rap group i wanted to make either some sort of rock group or or uh, uh, some sort of reggae fusion of rock um but i quickly realized i'm not that great of a singer so right. then we reverted, reverted back to uh, me rapping, um, uh, but I, I had to find new ways of doing it. I, this couldn't be Mood Rough Part Two, um, so I started, you know, sampling a lot more reggae stuff. 
uh, I had a, a bass player, Warren Bray. I met him while I was working at HMV at the time. And he used to overhear me talk about how I wanted to uh, put a band together that's kind of like, you know, The Clash meets King Tubby, you know, meets Most Deaf or something like that. And he just loved what I was saying in the back room that he just came and interrupted my conversation and said, whatever you're talking about, I want in on it. And at the time, uh, I just moved to Toronto and I knew I needed some sort of studio that I can work out of. And I I called up the only guy I knew that had a connection to a studio, and that was Oliver Johnson. He's the same guy that played guitar on Rocket Ship. Yeah. Um, and he was also Vanna Santilli's guitar player while on the road. Okay. So Mood Ruffett opened for Havana Santilli at Jazz Festival, I believe. And I got to know a couple of those guys. So when I went to Toronto, I called up Oliver. We worked on Rocket Ship together. And I said, cool, great. You ready to work on a whole album? It's called Grand Analog. He's like, I, don't, I, I just, no, I, 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 I don't, I just, I don't think I, I have the creative uh, capacity right now to do a whole record. But let me introduce you to my brother. And it was Alistair Johnson. Yeah. Uh, so we hit it off like we hit it off as quick as Eli and I hit it off on the first day of high school as quick as you and I hit it off when I called you that night like me, Alistair and I hit it off so I brought in Warren from work on bass Alistair was on keys and production uh, eventually we added you know Ofield wherever I go he's gonna go he's my brother yeah my mainest man so uh he was already lending an ear and two cents and grand analog was created um i still used some folks from winnipeg at that time i thought it'd be cool to have this winnipeg toronto hybrid so i had damon mitchell on guitar and you know him from the new meanies slash blue meanies mm-hmm. um i had aaron chattavetti that would contribute uh and some other you know some other winnipeggers were were apart in and out and that you know that was the thing you know it was the getting into the 2000s and file sharing was fine you know was a thing so if someone from winnipeg was gonna you know if damon's gonna send me a guitar part from winnipeg it was cool i remember just a couple years prior to that that was the weirdest thing you've ever heard right yeah (laughs) So, yeah, and there you have it. You know, it was very rootsy. It was very, I did Around This Town and I Walk Alone. They're all very dub influenced. And I was just really in a whole other zone and, and, and just loving it. And, and my Winnipeg underground roots, I didn't want to sound like anything commercial. It's funny, but it's that Winnipeg MC in me. Yeah. It was very important for me to not sound like the crap that's on the radio right now. It had to, I had to make sure I mixed this nice and muddy, mixed it. You know, I learned that stuff from hanging out with, you know, Farm Fresh and hanging out with Hummers. Yeah. You know, that was my Winnipeg roots, even though I was in Toronto hanging out with these guys. I'm like, yo, yo, that's a little too saucy for me. You got to take out some of that sauce, man. <laughs> it's too clean. Well, let's play, listen to a song. This, this to me, um, really 
I mean, listen, you got tons of stuff, tons of styles, but this song jumped out at me as something that exemplifies like the reggae influence and just, you know, what you were what you were trying to do and I think succeeding at it. So this this is Take It Slow, Spaces and Places from your second record. Let's check this out. Transistor radio Got my caravan pack I might never come back To this habitat I might never come back I know a place That we can go Having a break On the weekend Head to a space That no one knows Far and away That's where we've been Out on the ground Blazing sun End of the day Hit the highway Counting the ways That we can go Better than others. Well, this time around, if we can't be together forever, then uh, we'll be together for now. Yo, I know, I know. I make mistakes sometimes. I must have lost my way somehow. I find you in the summertime when the sun declines and the heat still traps us all. Forget about your emails, texting, UPS, and keep it real, girl. Give me a call. Yo, I know, I know. I know a place that we can go. Having a break on the weekend. Head to a space that no one knows. Far and away, that's where we've been. Out on the ground, blazing sun. End of the day, hit the highway. Counting the ways that we can go. We'll take it slow. We'll take it slow, girl. We'll take it slow. Let's go dancing. Let's go. 
listened to um, Take It Slow and, um, you know, we were talking about how you wanted to be a band with much more influence. I remember seeing you play, uh, I think it was at Chill Winston or somewhere in Vancouver and just being, you know, really impressed with with how great the sound was. It must be... You know, you just were you, you built a great band that had a great sound and so how how was the reception versus Mood Rough as far as how, well first of all what did what what about Toronto? Did Toronto like Grand Analog? Um okay. So it, it's fascinating to me. I had to settle my ego down a lot. Um part of the learning process, part of realizing that I I am a late bloomer in this world, all those things, I had to just sort of set aside any ounce of ego that I had. When I learned that we are now in, in an age where people move on very quickly mm-hmm. and, you know, if I put out a record in 05, and then another one in 07, I literally have people that tell me they listened to me back in the day in 05. <laughs> like, you know, so if if a previous record to you people are back in the day, then what are the hell those records that, you know what I mean? Yeah. Those records from way, yeah. let's, so... I have to decide to let that go. I, I I don't walk into a room and say, yo, where where's my respect? I did this, 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 and this, and this. And then I got someone to look at me and go, I don't know what that, 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 and that is, but uh, I like what you're doing now. And you, 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 you gotta, you, you gotta move on. That's the one thing I learned later in life. You have to move on. So having said that, when I started Grand Analog, it was a new band to a lot of people. Yep. And a lot of people had no idea that Mood Rough existed. Mm-hmm. And it bruised me a little bit because of the work that I put in, you know, the, the work in this culture and this community. And for people to be like, Mood Rough, I never heard of it. Yeah. And then I realized that's okay. It's okay. Um, if you know, you know. That that turned into my motto for a long time. Hey, if you know, you know. Yeah. And if you don't, welcome. I'm happy that you're here. Even to this day, people go to me, you have a radio show at CBC? I had no idea. Or people go to me, you're an MC. I had no idea. Right. That happened in uh, Osborne Village. What's that bar called that I play at? Uh, uh, the Cavern. Yeah. That happened at The Cavern just last year. Uh, I did a show with uh, Toolman from a trial called Red and uh, Nestor Windrush and Len Bowen. We, we uh, were at The Cavern. I go in to set up and I'm just talking some shit to the promoter and there's two bartenders there one bar t- this this is a conversation that happened the one bartender goes no that guy's voice is familiar 
I listen to him on the radio every night. Yeah. And then the other bartender goes, the radio? No, that that's he's an MC. That's Odero. He's he's in Grand Analog. And and then <laughs> the other bartender goes, What the hell is Grand Analog? <laughs> and then I'm listening to these guys have a conversation while I'm setting up the stage. And I'm like, that is my life. Stop. They both right. don't know about the other world. So forget the ego. You go roll with it. Just roll with it. So I start Grand Analog. I'm rolling with it. Toronto, I'm, I, I could say rocket ship or no hooks. And people are looking at me like, I don't know what you're talking about, bro. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Huge lesson just learned. And it's this new thing. And I realize it's great to be new. It's great to be fresh. And I'm ready. Now, now I got a loaded pistol and I'm ready to start over again at any point in time because this is fun. Yeah. I'm a whole, this is, I'm a whole new guy. I'm a whole new guy and I'm loving it. I'm loving it. So that, you know, I moved to Toronto, started Grand Analog and uh, uh, it was like nothing prior. It seemed like it was a lot of fun for you. But it was. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Um you know, uh, referring to Herbie Hancock's uh, record, Think Like a Child. Uh, that was also my motto at the time. It, it was uh, a time to just try whatever. Um, at that time, hip hop was really either getting experimental in one sense or getting very, very uh, popular or poppy in another sense. And I just uh, wanted to find my own lane. And that helped and hurt at the same time. It helped because uh, I wasn't trying to be like anyone else and you couldn't really pin, you know, uh, some media was trying to call it Canada's roots, but it really wasn't. Yeah. Um, but where it hurt was that a lot of playlists were starting to be developed at that time. Uh, you know, the Spotify's were, were coming around and the uh, there was something before Spotify I can't remember what it was called um, and, and a lot of these playlists were happening but these curators didn't know where to place it because it was way too different yeah it's like we don't really want to put it in the hip hop playlist because it's, it's not you know it doesn't fit with all the rappers and we can't put it in the reggae can't put it in the rock so I was having a hard time with that because the new hired curators out there had nowhere nowhere to put it and i had to really pave my own lane and really work hard at that yeah i could see that being a problem yeah what what where do i put this and it's you know i mean there's so many subgenres within just hip-hop itself but it's like someone who's really genre bending as much as as this band would be something like it just seemed like it's hard your recordings are good, but live, I think, is like people get it live and they don't have that expectation. But with recordings and how people consume music, especially with how they now have access to every song ever made for one low price, it's it's so hard to, you know, to get on these, to get in that world and figure that out. And, you know, like people think it's easy, but... I think it's almost harder, right? It's no, and and back to my point that you know every couple of years, you know someone moves on. So, uh, you know, 
that those early Grand Analog records, you know, that happened to me. There, there were 23-year-olds, 26-year-olds that listened. And by the time, you know, two records later, they're 27, they're 30, and they've changed. Right. So they would say to me, I like your older stuff better. But I'm like, well, yeah, well. <laughs> what, four years ago? <laughs> yeah, that y- you were a different person. Yeah. That, you know. So I, I'm, I roll with the punches like that. You know, I, I have a lot of people that come to my show and, you know, hang out with them. And they say to me, yeah, well, I like, I, I like that other track better. And I'm like, I don't know what to tell you, but I'm happy you're here. <laughs> <laughs> so was your, so you were on Herbnet and was that good? Was that a positive experience? I, yeah. The thing about Herbnet, like I, I it was, a, it was a friendship. It was a friendship. Um, you know, another thing, another aspect, another characteristic that I brought with me from Winnipeg was the hands-on characteristic, yeah. the DIY. And what I liked about Urbnet is uh, uh, Daryl was very DIY and he understood that this is an us thing. I, I, I don't just hand over projects and have people work on it. I'm working on it with you. Yeah. So. I would be at uh, the Herbnet house, which was Daryl's apartment. And, you know, I'd have my stuff all over the floor, photos, lyrics, and I'm working on it at his place. We became really close friends. Um, You know, I'd give him opinions on things, on, you know, how to run his business also. He He had a good thing going. Uh, he he was very much underground. Yeah, uh, the way he operated, and he had a he had just a solid organized business. Uh, we had a couple records out together. I think maybe three, and, and then I moved on. You know me, I move on. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> at some point you hit the ceiling, or you see that, you know, this this cycle, this model. You know, I have to break. You have to. You have to see to mix it up because it's like yeah. if you do that you you know I, I struggle with this where it's like you know you, you put a record out and it does the same thing as the last record or slightly more slightly less but not 10 times better 100 times better what you you know we all want to blow up by, or, or something right you always want to do better and it's like it does the same yeah. and it's like well why would I just keep doing doing this right. over and over right but but now peanuts and corn is a family though now there's a lot of people out there that envy that and it's funny uh you know there's a lot of people that i speak to here in toronto that are very much familiar with the p and c family and if if any aspect of that family were to break up that would be very heartbreaking but you know herbnet wasn't necessarily a family that was straight up business you know that was a dude to just put out he, he put out classified records dl incognito uh mood rough grand analog all those you know records but we didn't consider ourselves a family yeah and we he put out a peanuts and corn release as well he did a john smith album in yes right 20, uh old man winter to 2011 2012 something like that 
That was that was Ur- through Urbnet, was it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I did not know that. I did not know that. Yeah. So I've dealt with Daryl, and he's a good guy as well, and and then yeah. done some videos for him for some of his other artists. Um, I am. Uh... But uh, so I want to get to another song. This song I love. Um, this is from your 2018 release. This is called Ballad of the Beast. Uh-huh. Because Shad just murders this track. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's a dope song, a dope beat. Everybody sounds good. You sound great, but Shad just. Holy. Yeah. That. So I wanted to. I just want to play because I have. Yeah. I like the song, but I also want to talk about Len Bowen. Yeah. Mr. Windrush, how you have a bit of a family yes. that you've just continued to hold together for like 20 years. I want to talk about that, but I also yeah. want to talk about how dope Shad is here. So let's check this out. It's like... It's like this. Check me out. See, I've been putting up absurd numbers. Ridiculous. 86 Larry Bird numbers. Ugh. 96 Steve Kerr jumpers. True artisan. They scan the bars like it's Target brand. Bars harder than the bar exam. I'm like Jay in the garden. Can't guard the man. Timmy Hardaway and Harden with the hardest jam since Carter slammed on that giant from the heart of France. Vintage Vince. Been a prince since the little prince. Old prince. Man, I belong with that singer prince. The 76 BGs plus C. Circa 06 Wheezy plus E. Whatever air, I'm never scared and I never care To be fair, I was never fair and I never share I'm going letter carry, host debonair The present day Fred Astaire, set with better steps Better wear your Medicare bracelet when I get a chair Boom, Rick Clay is set with more flair and better hair There, I'm rare, yous are everywhere And I know cause I'm everywhere Like a cannibal bass, I'm a beast, it's as simple as that. Hell nah, don't ever want the party to end the close up. Let's get this place and it's a pack. A trailer load of class, bedroom bully on the hashtag. A jazz cat on the run, a gold blast. We carry on like an overnight bag. That shad and Mr. Bone rise above like black flag. Something to prove, give you something to get loose to. Old school like that 92 juice crew. You can't touch, I'm too boss, I'm too Bluetooth. I cook it up, keep it simple like couscous. My people on the hunt for that analog groove, dude. I got it covered like Blue Man Groove. I brush you my stash like Blue Man True. Ooh, I found the bounce, now you can too. Then I just mind, I'm a beast front to back. And when it comes to rhyme, I'm Batista with the bet. I flip it, I swing, I hit it over the walls. Applause, all together we can high like walls. I write with insight like old souls blessed them Feeling like for this life I was so destined 
who make it look easy, but it's far from it. He a regular dude, but flow star studded. Repeat offender, check the rap sheet. Known to make plays, they go with noticed on the stat sheet. My city got they dollars on them. They know Bowen's a killer. With the bars under promise and over deliver. Dumbfounded, I never dumb down it. Every joints to the point, these lames run rounded. Hold out with your Lennon Jack, can't combine it all falls in line. This is what it sounds like when the stars align. That's a dope song. That's Ballad of the Beast, Grand Analog. Um, yeah, Shad and you, you got some lines there, man. I, I, I just caught, I, that's like the fifth time I listened to that song. And I just caught the Black Flag Rise Above. I'm an, old, I'm, an old, I'm an old school punk rock guy. And I was like, oh, shit. There that's, you that's, go. My, that's my kind of bar right there. So <laughs> I like that one. There you go. You know, you're the first person that finally told me that caught that line. That's that. You know, what, what are you gonna do, right? What are you yeah. gonna do? Yeah. That, that's a that's an O'Field beat again, by the way. That is a good beat. Really nice. Yeah. So, what does he make the beat and then? But that's live guitar, or is that a loop, or what? That's so right. He he brought uh, the, the skeleton of that, and then I basically got uh, uh, TJ, who's our drummer. He also plays guitar. He played okay. guitar on the track. Uh, Warren, of course, uh, on bass. Uh, we beefed up O'Field's drums there in, in the studio. And there you have it. I, I came up with the hook. I had that hook floating in my head for so long. I just knew I had to had to find a home. I'm rhyming on beats. It's the Ballad of the Beast. And so that was the third track that I've done with Shad. Um, and he, I can't remember which one he said was his favorite, but I know that was up there. So Shad was working on his album at the time. Okay. And his album's quite serious. A story about a war, I believe it, the title is of his, his, uh, last record. And he, it was quite heady, you know, uh, it, it's again, it's, it's quite a serious record. So when I hit him up, he was ecstatic to hear from me because he wanted to jump on a track that was fun and lighthearted and not so theme heavy, yeah. which his record was. So he wrote that so fast, just just out of excitement, just to write something that, you know, uh, it, it, you know, it's just some good old fashioned hip hop. I think he wrote it on the cab ride to the studio. <laughs> like he just was—he couldn't He's wait. On fire! Yeah, man. He had the 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 basketball references and the Ric Flair and all that. He just 
uh, he was just happy. It just wasn't something about his the content of his very serious record. Yeah, I'm just looking. It was called a short story about a war. So yeah, that's a contrast. Yes, absolutely. Which I don't uh, think I've heard that record. Now that I look at it, I, I don't have it in my library. I have to check it out. I am a Shad fan, but not a not a hardcore fan. I, I like right. him. I like him. I like his stuff, but I'm not super familiar. Yeah, it's a very serious record. And you know, I I met him off the uh, popularity of um, uh, Rocket Ship. He was a big fan of that. Oh, really? He's a huge fan of Rocket Ship. And uh, when I started Grand Analog, a lot of people were telling me around Toronto that I got to meet this London MC Shad. You got to meet this guy whenever he's in town from London, Ontario. You got to meet him. And people were telling him the same thing about me at the time. And what had happened was I was walking uh, through the streets of Toronto one night. I couldn't sleep. It was about four in the morning and I had my headphones on and I was running the beat of around this town and my headphones trying to write the song. And coming at me, it's a foggy night in Toronto. I was walking in the middle of the street because there was no traffic. Coming at me in Toronto like a cat in the night with headphones on in the middle of the street in Toronto. This is black dude. He's got his headphones on. I just look at him and I'm like, you Shad? He's like, yeah. I'm like, I was told I'm supposed to meet you. I'm Odero. He's like, oh, you were? Oh, wow. We both were writing rhymes at hilarious. Wow. on a stranded road in Toronto. We ran <laughs> like two alley cats. Hilarious. So then that was it. That was it. That was it. So uh, I'm very happy he jumped on that. Uh, I've opened for two of his cross Canada tours. So come buddies. And of course, I had to have Len Bowen on it because he's just a killer. He's just a killer. He is. Um, yeah, I met Chad a few times because he was going to school out here. So I think I ran into him and have met him. But um, let's talk about Len and your relationship with that, him and Shades and. Um, you know, you go way back and, you know, you got a new, we'll play a new, your new single, um, that he's also on, like he's just been, you know, like you guys have never had a group yet. You guys have worked together. I don't know how many times. So talk about that a little bit. Every record. Yeah. Every record. Like we could get to a point where we dislike each other, but we'll still go Yo, we got to get on each other's right. You know that it's 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 tradition. Yeah. Not to say you know. I mean, we get along like brothers, but if there's ever a point we don't speak anymore, we'll still send each other beats <laughs> and work and work on track. It, we know it's tradition until we are both done. I almost think we're competing to see who's going to last the longest because <laughs> we push each other. We both have that same fire in our belly and if one guy one if one guy's fire starts to just you know uh dimmer a little bit the other guy lights it up again like we we really we're like we're like a couple of wrestlers we we are prize fighters we push each other and you know sometimes we'll have a late night two and a half, three hour conversation and uh, both hang up the phone feeling recharged. Um, we're just going to keep working together until the end of time. He is on every release that I have 
done, and I'm on every release that he's done. He's yeah. not on Fluid. Isn't he? Mr. Christie oh, is. Oh, Christie is. Why? No, he's got to be. I don't think he's on Fluid. He's gotta be. So that'd be the only that'd be the only exception. But um, and then again, I might not be on a, a remix. Uh, sorry, not a remix. A mixtape of his. That's very yeah. Popular. That doesn't count. But yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, uh, he. So you've because I mean he's. He, I, I think it's fair to say that you've you've seen a little more success than he has, with your career. Right. Right. I so, mean. To me, he's been like he's been less appreciated for how good he is, and he's just never. I mean, not never. He certainly had his moments where people recognized him, and he had some shine. But it's like you, you know, certainly, you could say that he's been more slept on, considering well, you, how good he is and how long, how good he's been for how long. Well, he first of all, he's just too grimy for some of these people. He's too too grimy for some of these hipsters. Period. Yeah, he's just too grimy. But uh, back to that, back to my point about us having conversations and uh, lighting each other's fires. I had to give him the same pep talk about letting your ego go. Never mind the the work you've done. Worry about the work that you're doing, right? Yeah. So you know, if if you walk in a room, don't get upset that they 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 don't know, they or they haven't listened. You know, just give them something to listen to now. Yeah. And that's it. And, and he he's an example of a test of that because he's put in the work. He's been there. You know, there's been times where he just wanted to. Uh, pack it in but I'm like pack it in you're Len Bowen the killer you don't pack it in <laughs> you're a killer hey, you know don't don't worry about don't worry about what what, what people missed half of the time uh, you know people will go back and check the resume anyway there's that word again Rod yeah <laughs> so hip hop uh, and someone else like that I think different but you know you also work with Nestor Windrush and you brought him along on a lot of tours and helped him with his career as well um and he's also he's another one who's like struggled to be understood and struggled to understand what I think you understand which is fundamentally it's you can't take it personal that people aren't paying attention it's just the reality of <laughs> you know right. like you have to and I and, and it's funny it's like you get in your bubble or you write your songs and you think that everyone listens to every lyric that's just not the case, right? It's just not how things are consumed. And right. so you understand it better than n knowing how to, you know, do a live show and not worry about those sort of things and, and let it go, like you say. Yeah, exactly. And hey, let's just be honest here. Winnipeg is a tough place. It's always been. Uh, Winnipeg appreciates its bubble uh, you know, is fine with its bubble um, until it's until it tampers with you, until it's not enough. Yeah. And even, you know, you and I have left Winnipeg, but you could still see it and feel it because uh, Winnipeg's a, a special place. I, I've been in and out of this country so many times that I can attest to the fact that Winnipeg is an incredibly special special place the music that has come out of there is incredible and K 
Canada just didn't look over in our direction. They just, you know, uh, Toronto had the industry infrastructure. There's something about Vancouver that always has this West Coast vibe about it, the easy breezy, the whatever, the whatever. You know, Montreal's always very progressive. Uh, Winnipeg just always got um, overlooked, and that's still something that fires me up to this day. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, if if I got to have a three-hour conversation with Nestor or with Len Bourne or even, you know, some of these new cats coming up like Anthony OKS out of the Lytics or, or uh, Super Duty Tough Work, yo, keep creating. If you're feeling creative, don't worry about all the other things yeah. because what you're creating is is beautiful stuff man keep going i want to play another song off that same record because um i want to ask you about the ability to make a song with a hero mm -hmm. um and when I, so you know i just sort of i think i just saw a song come up on my itunes or whatever it's like holy shit you know grand analog featuring pasta noose like what what so obviously you talked about the origin of like your clock radio listening to say no go That's how right. does it how does it come about that you get to do a track with the guy on the clock radio all those years ago <laughs> the guy who got, set it all off two hours later bro we're getting to this one now yes <laughs> yes dude so i'll just try to quickly tell this story because it even blows my own mind but I'm a thoughtful guy. I try to be a good friend to my friends. My friend, Sean, he ended up being the tour manager for Maceo for a little while. Okay. Just carrying his bags, just yeah. doing random stuff for him. Just, he needed something to do. He was a hip hop guy that didn't really know how to do anything else. So he might as well just be a go-getter boy. So, you know, he was, he was a, decent tour manager bro i just texted him i realized it was his birthday it just hit me oh it's sean's birthday today so i sent him a happy birthday text he texts me back he's like yo thanks bro i'm like where are you how are you celebrating your birthday he goes oh i'm on the road with mace i'm his uh, his tour manager i'm like oh that's a pretty good gig yeah, where I can't remember what state he was in. He was in some state and they were in the uh, hotel. And Postanus happened to be hanging out with them. I believe he was in Florida because Postanus lives in Florida. So I think Mace was doing a stop in Florida and Post was at the hotel. Okay. Um, so an hour later, Sean texted me and he's like, yo, we're listening to Grand Analog and they're loving it in here. Oh, really? Oh, oh, that's cool. I didn't expect that. Hey, hey, cool. Text me an hour later again. Yo, still listening to Grand Analog over here, man. Yo, I didn't realize you had su such nice stuff. I'm like, oh, shit. Okay. So I'm holding my phone going, you've got nothing to lose. You've got not a single thing to lose. Yeah. You're from Winnipeg. I'm cool with being uh, embarrassed. Yeah. <laughs> so I text and I'm like, 
Yo, you think Poss wants to rock a track on a, 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 a with Grand Analog? No response. I'm like, okay, I expected that. Hour, two hour, three hour, nothing, no response. I'm like, all right, all right, whatever. And you're sitting I there asked. like watching your phone every day. Did I miss a text? Yeah. Did I miss a text? I asked, whatever. Bro, I ended up having a toilet accident with my phone and I didn't back it up. Damn thing fell in the toilet as I was brushing my teeth and texting at the same time. People, never brush your teeth and text at the same time, especially if the toilet lid is up. <laughs> my phone falls in there, done. Rice doesn't help it, finished, whatever. I lose all my contacts because I didn't back up my phone. I think I had an iPhone 4 at the time, if not a, uh, maybe a 4 something. So anyway, months late, I think it's gotta be maybe two months later, uh, I get a new phone and this text pops up. Yeah, he'll do it. I'm like, sorry, new phone, don't know who this is. Who are you and who will do what? No response. Maybe like two hours after that. Pause. He said he'll do it. It's Sean. What the fuck? <laughs> what? I, dude, I had to put my phone down on my bed and go for a walk. I couldn't believe this. I couldn't believe this. So I came back to the phone to make sure that's when I read. And then I went to the studio and I said to Alistair, we need to find a beat and we got to find the beat now. Yeah, best beat ever. <laughs> and I showed him the, I showed him the text. He's like, I don't get it. Who's Poss? I don't know. Dude, dude, that's Pasta News De La Soul. He's like, no shit. So we started going through some of his beats. And this was the one that I just keep going back to. I could just hear him on it. I could hear him on this beat. So uh, Sean goes, all right, yo, I'm going to be the middleman for this, I guess. Poss said he has a strict deadline. Because at the time, they were doing a, a crowdfunding for their yeah. record at the time. Yes, yes. So they were getting ready to get in the studio. So he's like, if you can get this beat to me ASAP, I'll get yours in uh, as soon as I can, because we got this record to do. So we were, run dude, we were working around the clock getting this thing done, because I had to get this, I had to get it to him. I email it to him. That man sends me all the parts in 48 hours or less. Wow. Like, boom. And it, it was him. Like, you know, it was, he was being, it was, it was his flow. It was, you hear that, that recognizable voice. Yeah. Is this like, this is real. It's real. And uh, so De La Soul had uh, a show in Toronto at Beer Fest. And he sends me a note. He's like, yo, uh, me and Mace are going to go have breakfast at Soho House if you want to come. I'm like, I'm having, bre <laughs> I'm having breakfast with this dude. All right, done, done, done. So I get there and I'm looking at him and we're talking about basketball. He's like, you a LeBron fan? I'm like, yeah, everybody's a LeBron fan. Okay, who cares? All right. So I'm like, yo, uh, you know, we're, we're talking about a little bit about his upbringing, a little bit about mine. Uh, and then he he kind of said, we both sit there in silence. And then I'm like, do I tell him about the clock radio? Do I tell him about the clock radio? 
I pull a Rod Bailey and I don't tell him about the club. <laughs> I don't tell him. I don't tell him that he's the reason why I started rapping in the first place. I, I shake his hand and I say, thanks for breakfast. That was awesome. It was great to meet you. And the song's going to turn out great. And I'll send it to you when it's mastered. And it's nice to meet you, homie. We stayed in touch. Uh, I've sent him a birthday message, you know, recently. I still have not told him that story. I guess he would hear that enough. Like, he, <laughs> I don't think you need to tell him that. I, I'm with you. I would... I. I I don't know what you get out of that. You know what I mean? It's like he probably yeah. hears that all the time, right? Like who, how many, you know? Yeah, I am sure you hear it all the time and it'd be like, it's good, but it's just another brick in the wall or something. I don't know. I'm glad you feel that way. Yeah, I think you did the right thing. Play cool, man. <laughs> Thanks, I can't Ron. imagine. I don't have a, I don't have a similar, right? Like, uh, yeah, we're, yeah, we're good it, it on you. Weird. That's great. That is yeah. great. I mean, I've definitely thought recently, it's like, I'm 46 and... There are people that I would love to work with that I grew up listening to, and it's like, well, what at this point? I'm not, I, I'm not dreaming about working with Kanye West. I'm talking yeah. about, you know, the same kind of caliber of artists that, you know, their the their great days are in the past, as mine are. But uh, that would be fun. That sounds just great, you know. So I'm I'm really happy that you did that. That's great, and it's a great song. Let's listen to the song. Oh yeah, right. Because that's what we do here on this podcast. Mutations is the name of the song. This is Grand Analog featuring the legend Pasta News of De La Soul. Oh, uh, oh, uh, yeah, yeah. What it is is what it is. Mutations. Mutations. You let me get into my zone. Time forever takes toll. Explore roads, I find gems and hidden strokes. Rock shows, expose gold, we lay low. You can find me in the city eating sushi kobos. Time heavy on my mind these days. I let hope float and ride these waves. No time for hiatus, kill time with kindness. Dismantle my timeline and stimulate the paradigm. This understanding microphone mathematics. Rapper fanatic on a slow flow status. Tag nabbit. Headphones in the snapback The long walk home Make it harder to backtrack This how I get It's just how I get A lonely vagabond vibing with the sunset Yeah, it don't stop till the final Commit another foul just to get a time out I boom and I bang and I bang and I boom This is the rhythm of a modern day boom world keeps turning, burning I'm going through changes that's cool. It's hard to define. These days. I got mountains to climb. These days. So heavy on my mind. These days. Don't scandalize mine. I spent too much time. Okay, my days on shuffle. Got no time, whatever. Pieces of a dream I need to piece together. I get no peace, I'm gone. I can't sleep, it's stupid. Tossing and turn, kick, push like stupid. Time is commodity, time as currency. Buy time, spend time, impossible to save time. I hold weight, still contemplate my day grind. I must be running on West Indian time. Tardy. Pick it up back where I started Coming up from the bottom late Blue my heavy hearted We all find a fault line apparent in the quarry What takes a man far too long to say sorry Ooh, It's so hot when the clock ticks Time won't negotiate I'm just a humble hostage I got this and it don't stop I'm putting numbers on the board With no time on the clock I boom and I bang and I bang and I boom This is the rhythm of a modern day blues World keeps turning, burning I'm going through changes 
That's cool. It's hard to define these days. I got mountains to climb these days. So heavy on my mind these days. Don't scandalize me. I spend too much time. I watched the little hand and the big hand Move me further from little boy to big man Time to go to bed became time to pay the bills So I spent time paying dues or rhymes to make a meal Not for the bank account but for the plate Lyrical food I dish earned me time in them lyrical debates Candidate for top five scrutiny Never made it in yet my blend holds the mutiny Paradise claim any names I knew We didn't get enough time before they left the crew Lost some from growing up on the crime side The New York Times side Some from a health issue So we left trying to get it till the clock run out Fifteen minutes of time for fame to sprout And my name no doubt would stand amongst the best For words detached from time to remain timeless I boom and a bang and a bang and a boom This is the rhythm of a modern day blues World keeps turning, burning I'm going through changes That's cool It's hard to define these days Got mountains to climb these days So heavy on my mind these days Don't scandalize me it's hard to define these days Got mountains to climb these days So heavy on my mind That's a nice track And I say that and I'm not jealous I just like the track It's good Good for you man <laughs> Uh, thanks, Roddy. That, uh, I'm uh, that that is the epitome of speechless. That's the epitome of speechless. That that's the epitome of jumping on a moment. You know when it presents itself to you. Um, all I, I you know, I, I'm very, very aware that not everyone gets to uh, work with their hero. Yeah. And I pinch myself. I, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. And so, you know, fandom aside, as far as like, you know, that was great. As far as uh, did it open any new doors? Or did you get any kind of new audience? Did it uh, have any kind of that kind of effect? Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, we sent the record to a lot of American outlets and, you know, without doubt, without surprise, uh, you know, people open up, open it up. You know, we, we sent the vinyl out to all types of labels in the States, all cities all over. Um, I, I believe Chattanooga, we were number one in their college station for a minute. Um, uh, some interesting names. This is another interesting name, I believe, in Michigan or uh, Ohio. Just some real. Uh, oh gosh, I should have done my research. Oh, no, never. <laughs> but I just remember, yeah, just cities, just cities, cities I didn't even know existed. We were just flying on all of their college charts. Um, it was a reminder that. Um, underground hip hop still has a, you know, still a rocky road, you know, it's like, you know, 
back to the ego thing. You know, that's a theme, a recurring theme in this podcast as well. Um, Postanus had to have the same lesson because I was flinging that record in certain places and people were like, who's Postanus? <laughs> right. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. So here I am trying to to sell this thing and pitch this thing and get it to as far as it can go. And I got people who don't even know who this guy is. Yeah. And, you know, it's just, and, and he's fully aware of that also, which is partly why he did the song is, you know, um, so the, so Survival, where the song is released on, came out on Feel Up Records, and that's a Brooklyn label. Okay. And that label is owned by Jillionaire, who is a member of Major Lazer. Okay. So we had a decent uh, push. We were the very first signing of Feel Up Records. So where this shot me in the foot was, they barely knew how to run a label. Sure. You know, uh, Jillionaire is an artist. He's a DJ. And he thought, yo, if Diplo can do this with Mad Decent, then I can do it too. But that wasn't necessarily the case. Right. But I'm still flattered because he he went to Toronto first for his first act. He, he just was loving what was coming out of Toronto. Um, my name had come up a handful of times and he checked it out. He's like, yeah, if he's down, I'd love to put out a record uh, of Grand Analog. Um, so we had a little bit of a budget. Uh, you know, I called on, you know, I got Shad and Lem Bowen, the regulars, you know, Nestor Windrush is on it. Uh, O'Fields uh, working on it. Of course, Grand Analog collectively work on it. I get the man, Pasta Noose, on it. I think I've got a great package. Uh, we go to the States first, but it's just those guys didn't really know how to run a label. Yeah. And uh, Major Laser had that massive hit Lean On, which was the most streamed song that year. So they barely had time to even work the record. Right. So... We, it's just like I said, man. This late bloomer has got a lot of lessons to learn in this lifetime. It's hilarious. So, well, it's also uh, there. It's, I am again. It's a there roll it of the is. dice as well, too, right? Like, yeah. And you know, maybe maybe they are lightning in a bottle. All we ever are doing is looking for the lightning in a bottle and waiting for it to come. And yeah, you know, it still could be the next next thing. Could be the one, right? Yeah, yeah. Especially yeah. in your your case, you're out there, you're working it. It's not like I'm I'm just in my bedroom. It's not happening. But, uh, but the music's still dope over there, yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, so tell me about the decision. So Grand Analog is is a great project, and you know it's still happening. But you have a new record. Yeah. So what's the difference? What do if Grand Analog is what percentage of Odario? Like, are you? I know that you're more than half. Like, it's your baby. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. But other people are putting their parts in, and you know. That's right. And Alistair. That's right. So all the parts have decided uh, they needed a break. I mean, uh, they knew they were dealing with a beast, mm -hmm. and when you're dealing with a beast, you you got to choose to keep keep on the keep on the beast train or get off on the next stop 
So um, the guys collectively just decided to take a little break. Right. You know, let's just take a little break. There'll, there'll, there'll be a Grand Analog song in the future, or uh, I don't even know if they've got a record in them, to be honest. Uh, but certainly a single uh, once they're done their break, that's for sure. Um, yeah, yeah. My drummer TJ had a baby girl. Uh, he's enjoying being a dad. He's he's an awesome dad. Uh, he also uh, works for Bitmoji. Okay. So he's busy designing and doing things. Uh, Warren, the bass player, he started a band with his brother, which is awesome. It's sort of a psych jazz thing um, called Royson, which is really cool. Um, Alistair's busy doing all types of projects. Uh, he works with Zaki Ibrahim, um, Azari, uh, this new cat, James Bailey coming up. He, he's quite busy. And then you got O'Field, Badass Williams, who's always, always in my corner and on my side and on the Beast train. He's never leaving the Beast train. Right. He's never leaving the Beast train. So your new record under the yeah. name, is it just Odario or is it Odario Williams? Odario? No, just Odario. So how's it different? So it's obviously, I saw a producer, his name I don't recognize. Yes. It definitely has a different sound. That's right. Tell me about it. That that's right. I've uh, uh, so uh, back to my point about having conversations, three-hour conversations with Len Bowen, Nestor Winrush. The, those are my uh, uh, you know two two birds on my uh, shoulders. They both <laughs> said, "Yo, whatever you do, it cannot sound like Grand Analog." And it just can't. Right. And it's funny that they both said that separately. And I agreed. I needed to hear that. I needed to hear it because uh, Mood Rough had hints of Grand Analog as I slowly made a transition. Yeah. I, I don't want to. I don't want to make a slow transition. I want to make a, a very distinct one. So instead of working with any of those members of uh, my band, I, I, I reached out to. Um, classical composer and electronic uh, producer Todor Kobakov and him and I have worked in the past uh, on random projects uh, the biggest project we've done was the Pan Am Games theme song which I was the vocalist on Okay, and he was the producer yeah, so at the time, the Pan Am Games, which I believe was... Uh, it was 99, wasn't it? No, 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 no. 2015? Oh, okay, sorry. Yeah, yeah 20, Pan Am Games Toronto. Oh, I see. I'm thinking of Winnipeg. Yeah. yeah, right. No, 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 no. Yeah. So, yeah, I was uh, I, I was the voice of that, and Todor was the producer. We just hit it off. I'm like, bro, man. Maybe we're going to work together again sometime on something. You know, sometimes you just say that. Yeah, call me. Yeah, I'll call you. I'll call you. <laughs> well, five years later, he got the call. And if he knows me well, five years is right on time. And we said, yo, we whipped this thing up. I don't know what it was. The pandemic felt like some kind of deadline. We didn't have a deadline, but we felt like 
what we're making, we need to wrap it up ASAP. We need to wrap it up now. It, it, not only are we writing it in the midst of this shit, it needs to be completed in the midst of it. Maybe we wanted to put it in a capsule or something, but we just, we worked so steady and so hard on it. I've never done that before in any project I've ever worked on. We, I think we started in March and put this thing out in October. I've never done that before. Yeah. And it's a thing. It's a thing. I'm very proud of it. Well, just check it out. Let's uh you've got a video for this song, I believe, called Peace, is that correct? Yeah. So, I haven't had a chance to check out the video yet, but I checked out the whole EP and um it definitely has a different sound. Let's check out this song called Peace and then talk about it. Challenge, but I'm half amazing like I'm Vince 2000. Words and verbs are scribble on my notepad. Got me thinking about my old dad, the underdog clan. We work hard, man, we're winning them. Calm my nerves like cinnamon. Got a love for the melanin, we sugar and spice. These times go sporadic like butterflies. When it flutters, shine better with shea butter. Find peace of mind helps me sleep better. Disturbing the pace, world going insane. 
progress change growing pains hurts when these feelings surface all i ask for my life lord give it purpose you need to care more than way less on our doorstep everything we fail to address Refuse to remain oppressed What I can't control, I don't want the strength to accept Familiar face, put a smile on mine Looking for direction to a peace of mind That's a very uh, grown-up sound you got going on there. <laughs> <laughs> That's grown man business. That's definitely grown man business. That's grown man business. Very mat- mature for mature audiences. Good for it, you. It's a good sound. It, it is. That's it. That you know, uh, I wasn't going for mature, but I definitely wasn't going for immature. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, I had to be happy with it, and that one's the one that came the fastest. Uh, you never know when those are coming. Uh, I literally, I was sitting with Todor, and I said, uh, um, "I've got a, a, a drum, uh, a, a studio session for some drum uh recording some drum tracking drum tracking yeah the next day like less than 24 hours and i had to drive to hamilton ontario to track the drums and i felt bad driving in a pandemic an hour outside of the city to track drums for two songs Mm -hmm. and i felt like i'm dragging this guy all the way over there i should get todor to just whip me up a couple more demos just so I'm not paying for a full day of, of studio and people are all masked up and feeling weird about each other and I'm driving all the way over there just to track a couple tunes so I had Todor whip up a demo for me just for kicks I'm like just whip me up something uh, let's do like 100 BPM put like a click track and just play, play something give me something like Give me some feel good shit, man. I'm just give me something I can just feel good to. And we're playing along, and he comes up with that line, and uh, I take it with me to Hamilton. And next thing you know, it just turned out to be my favorite track. That's funny. You never see that coming, and and you can't repeat it either. You you can't. Hey, let's let's sit down and make my favorite track. You can't do it. Yeah. It's just got to come to you and. And he, the funny thing is, Todor didn't want to go with it. I'm like, yo, you know that the, the, the demo, the piano demo? I'm using it. I'm working with it. He's like, no, 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 no. I need that. Dude, trust me. When I get some bass on this and guitar and the sack, oh, trust me. I'm going to send it over to 
uh, Don to put some gospel vocals on there out of Vancouver, Len Bowen out of Winnipeg to drop a verse. Trust me, dude. And it, it just turned out to be a real uh, special tune on that EP. Very nice. Yeah. So it's out now. Um, song's called Peace. The album is called uh, Good Morning Hunter. Yeah. And it's on all the streaming services. And every time someone plays it, you get 0.002 cents. So definitely hit, put it in your library and put it on repeat. <laughs> and then uh, do it again. Right? But, uh, That's less than the $5 you get for a tape. It's crazy, isn't it? It really is. I mean, is. there was something about playing a show... You know, I mean, my peak was like 2002, where you go and play a show, and we have like 20 CDs for sale with all these artists, right? We've got like a catalog, and you know, you'd G off in a night. You'd do like, you know, you'd sell 100 CDs of all these. Someone would come in, someone would come in and be like, I want 12 CDs, like this, 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 this. It was yeah. just so fun. Yeah. Maybe yeah. some t-shirts. Now it's like, you know, I don't want to get all old man, but now it's like... You can look online and be like, oh, well, 30% of the people stop listening after 45 seconds. <laughs> and it's just like, fuck this. Yeah. You know, like, fuck this. This is bullshit. I don't <laughs> want to know this shit, right? Like, don't give me the stats. Like, I'm not playing for stats or likes or whatever, right? Right. So. And, and, you know, they also give you that info to govern the way you produce. Yeah. And, you know... I've had people say to me, yo, that intro's way too long before your vocals start coming in, bro. You need to come in. You gotta come in like two seconds in, bro. Yeah. Like, nah, but I don't I don't I don't wanna do it. It's fine. It's fine. If if you're gonna leave in 35 seconds, then go. <laughs> Just go. Move on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it seems that um you're not slowing down anytime soon. Should we talk about your your day job, your night job, and the and the pipeline of rappers turning into radio personalities yeah. for our um, for our our national broadcaster? You had Shad at Q. You have Buck sixty five. Yeah. You've got yourself. You've got Ismala working for the Mothership too. Oh, in some sense. I forgot about that. That's right. What is? What is? Is it just because I pay attention to rappers and there's all kinds of musicians that do this, or is there something about rappers getting these opportunities no. or having a skill that? Uh, and props Bro. to you for for this for this job and for this. I'm glad it's working out. It's it's great to see. You get into hip hop and you get you may you have a personality, but hip hop nurtures something absolutely that is ready for public consumption i think and i think absolutely. in your case you know who you are your persona hip-hop you know made you ready for this absolutely absolutely um yeah you know back to my point about how people can move on very easily in two years yeah and, and then look you in the eye and say they listened to you back in the day yeah I've had someone tell me that about Survival, Mutations, Ballad of the Beast. That came out in 2018. Yeah, two I years. told me that back in the day they listened to the Survival. <laughs> so I can either adapt to that and keep moving with that and, 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 and not let it affect me in a negative way. 
uh, or let it affect me in a negative way. And yeah, this country, it is very difficult. Um, there's no shame in the game of having a day job. No. Uh, I, I do like to change, though. I, I, I have to change the persona, change the style, change the vibe. Um, if the expiry dates every two years, and that's what I'm going to do, you know, not to, to slag Maestro, but he's been Maestro Fresh West since 1989. Yeah. That doesn't work for me. No. That doesn't, and I'll tell I'll tell that to him. I see him once in a while, but that that, that doesn't work for me. Well, you're an, you're like a musician and an artist, but you're also like exploring, right? And you know, and like absorbing and just continuing to let your influences be a part of what you make, right? So that's it. That's it. And I, I will admit, um, after dark. Um, has affected the way I've been making music and conducting myself um, just because of the community that I've sunken into the, the, the artists that I play the artists that I got to know just interesting talent um, I've really sunken into that that scene and it's really affected uh, the music and and that's a good thing I mean uh, you know people I work with at CBC recognize that they recognize that um, this is all encompassing you know um, you know I'm like the modern day Sukian Lee that has things I'm doing and work that I'm doing and it, it, it all somehow works together yeah I uh, think they have, to, they have to embrace you as a a personality which you are and that yeah. you know a music career helps take your profile up and your profile helps take your music career up and, and all that stuff so i think it's very positive yeah yeah well uh i don't have any more questions so i think that was really fun and i really appreciate you taking the time to uh, join me and uh putting up with the badgering from myself and from Ness to get you on oh yo man uh, like I said to you before you hit record there's only one human being I'd say yes to to, to do something like this um, I'm not a guy that likes to venture back and partly because I just don't remember most of it that's the only reason I just don't want to sound like an idiot because I don't remember right and, and, you know and like I said man I, I just shed things and just keep moving forward uh, but if there's one person that uh, I'd, I'd venture back with, that's that is Roddy Rod, the microphone god, McEnroe Bailey. Oh, appreciate that. That's <laughs> it. Well, I gotta ah. give a, I gotta give a big thank you to UGS Meg for hosting this podcast and for uh, promoting it every week. This is uh, our third to last episode. We're gonna have one more with Josh Martinez, unless he doesn't call me back, in which case we'll only have one episode more which will be our finale uh, with me and Honeycut just uh, kind of wrapping up the peanuts and corn history. And then we'll take a break for a while. I'm going to try and finish some records. I've got records that I meant to put out in 2020, but instead I did this podcast, so I've got to get these records finished. Yeah, nice. All right, cool. Well, thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening, and uh, we'll catch you soon. Uh, good night.